0: Last week we started a series focused on the power that I believe is found in that word, La Familia. It's just one of those words that just literally means more than what it literally means. July, and every July around here, we kind of do an insider series. You know, there's not, I, I, I even told our wrestling crew this Friday, July is not the time that people are exploring new things. They're not checking out new things. And so every July, we kind of regroup and make sure as a church, we get on the same page because make no mistake about it, we do church for outsiders, not insiders, We do church for those that don't do church. It doesn't make a lot of sense, if you will. I always tell people it's kind of like starting a steakhouse for vegetarians. It's a really bad business model, but that's our business model. We didn't start this church for people who already attend church. We started this church for those that have given up on God, who've been burned by the church, who don't feel accepted by the church, who don't feel like they fit in at a church. And we started this place to be a place that even if you don't believe, God, believe in God, you can come in, feel comfortable, feel loved, and you can leave with some practical biblical teachings that you can apply to your life. But every once in a while, you got to get everybody back on the same page. And so what we've done around here is every July we kind of pick a teaching series to kind of help us get refocused. Because the problem with vision is vision leaks. How many of you ever had a helium balloon in your house? And it's floating up there and it's floating up there. And over time, it might take a week, it might take a month. I had a helium balloon that was lasted six months in our house. But what happens is, is you get up one morning and it's kind of falling a little bit. You didn't see it fall. The heliums just begin to leak out of it, and, and then you get up again, and it falls a little bit more, and it falls a little bit more, and it falls a little more, till eventually it's laying on the ground. You never saw it move an inch. You never saw the helium leak out of it. And vision is a lot like that. Vision just leaks over time you can have the course you can know the direction but just a little bit comes in and especially as humans we're selfish people it's all about us it's about our nature and about what we want and about what we're comfortable with and about what we like and about whatever religious rules that we've set up and sometimes those can start to take over and we forget that the vision of action churches is not about us it's about reaching those that are far from God. So we're just kind of regrouping in the month of July before school starts back in August and we go back to doing what we do, if you will. Here's the deal. Every single person here was born into a family and you had no choice about it. And some of you are close with your family And some of you are not close with your family, and some of you love your family, and some of you hate your family, and some of you do everything in your life with your family, and some of you do nothing with your family, because at the end of the day, you had no choice in who that family was. But La Familia is a little something that's a little bit different. This is not the family you were born into, it's the family you chose to be a part of. And make no mistake about it, when you decide Action Church is the church for you, you get to become part of this, this special thing. It seems very special to me anyway, where you just become family. You become la familia. That, mean, that means that we're there for each other. It doesn't mean we always agree. It doesn't mean we always like each other's actions. It doesn't mean we don't hurt each other. It doesn't mean that we don't screw up. But what it means is at the end of the day, we're there for each other through thick and through thin. We're there not only in the good times, we're there in the bad times. And it's just something special when that happens. But it just doesn't happen naturally. There's some principles that have to be at the forefront of this thing that we do. There has to be some principles that you understand when you come be part of something like this because it's not just about taking, it's about giving back. It's not just about receiving that family. It's about giving back and being part of that family. It's not just about that group being there for you. It's about you being there for that group. And there's something special when that happens, and I don't think it happens in a lot of churches anymore. I think churches have got too caught up and you've got to look like us and act like us and dress like us and know our secret handshake and you've got to believe like us and you've got to love the same people we say love and have the same political views that we say you've got to have. And if all of our T's are crossed and all of our I's are dotted, you can be part of our secret society if you know the insider handshake. And it just doesn't work like that. And I'm looking in Acts chapter 2 when the first church was formed, and I just don't see that. I see a group, the Bible says over and over and over, they were in one accord, they had unity together, they sold all their possessions and they gave to each other as they had need, and they met together, and at the end of the day, they did life together. You were not created to do life alone. The Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. I told you last week, nobody, even a loner, wants to do life alone. I told you last week, even the Lone Ranger, the epitome of the loner, his name is I'm Alone, the Lone Ranger had Tonto. We were made to do life with other people. But there's got to be some things that go into play for this thing of ours to work. And last week, we talked about the principle of, of loyalty and we talked about what loyalty looks like and we talked about loyalty does not mean blind loyalty loyalty doesn't mean that we're all yes men loyalty doesn't mean that we always agree with every decision that gets made it means behind the doors we throw down and we fight and we argue but when we come out in public we're loyal to each other we know that we have each other's back you mess with one you get the whole trailer park That's just how it works. I think some people found that out this week, actually. Today, I want to talk to you about a subject that in all of my years of preaching, I've never taught on. In all of my years of preaching, I've never done a deep study on. And what weird about that is it's a word that I've used a lot It's a word that I've heard a lot. It's a word that is found throughout the Word of God. And to be honest with you, I just kind of assumed, and you know what happens when you assume, that it meant one thing and it was interchangeable with another word, when actually that's not the truth and it's so much more powerful than the word that I thought it was associated with. So here's the deal today if you're a first-time guest. This message might be a little choppy today. This message might not be the normal message for me because I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone today. But I think as I begin to study this word, just kept coming back to my head and coming back to my head and kept coming back to my head. And I think it's a key principle for La Familia to work. And it's this word right here. Last week was loyalty. This week the word is honor. Honor. Let's say that word together. I'm going to count to three because I think it's just a weird word that we don't really understand. Let's just say it. One, two, three honor we live in a day and time we live in a culture where we really have no clue what this word means it's non-existent in a lot of ways in the american culture different segments have things that they honor but as a culture we're a culture that lacks honor. We equate honor, and this is what I did for years, we equate honor with respect. But they're two different things. They're two different things. So there's, there's little segments that have culture, uh, that, there's se- different segments of culture that have honor. Like, for example, when I started doing wrestling shows, and we had the first wrestling show here, I, somebody walked up to me and said, hey, can I give you some advice? And I said, Sure. They said, when everybody starts to come in, the way you honor each other, he used that word, the way you honor each other, whether you know this person, whether you've never met the person, whether you like the person, whether you hate the person, you walk around and everyone shakes everyone's hand. And I said, really? I don't like to touch people. And he said, trust me on this. And people started coming in, and every single person that was one of the the workers started shaking, man, nice to meet you nice to meet you, nice to meet you. And I watch them and we have guys that literally in real life hate each other on our roster. And I watch them as they come in and they shake each other's hands. It's their way of showing honor to each other. And when I was growing up, our neighbors were 100% Italian. And every time the man would see my father, he would see my mother, as I became a teenager even to me, he would always greet us with a hug and a kiss on the cheek. It was weird to me. I don't want to do kissing on me. If you want to kiss dudes, that's your business. I, ain't. I don't want to do kissing on me. It's just the way I am. I might like it too much. I don't know. But that was his way of honor. In his culture, that was the honor. He greeted everyone that way. My dad was in sales my whole life. Surprise. And he always taught me, son, whatever environment you go into, you be prepared to at least know something about that environment. And I always took that into consideration. I always took that into being. I always took that into place. Like to the point that I used to have over 40 magazine subscriptions from all different kinds of fields, because I at least wanted to know some tidbit. No matter who I met, no matter what industry they were in, I had a little bit of knowledge where I could honor them with a conversation about whatever it was we were talking about. I wanted to be familiar with their culture. I was meeting a missionary one time, and we were talking, and he was telling me all the different ways that different people in different countries show honor to each other. And he said whenever he takes people on mission trips, he lets them know about the culture. Hey, in this culture, they're going to do this. And in this culture, they're going to do that. And in this culture, they're going to do this to you, and it's going to seem really weird, but it's their way of honoring you. And so I asked him, and I'll never forget this. I said, well, what would you tell them about America if they were coming to our country about ways that we would honor them? And he looked at me, and he said, I wouldn't tell them anything. Because it doesn't really matter in our country. And he's right. We live in a country that really has no honor. We don't honor other people with our actions. It's not part of the fabric of who we are. I think it was part of the fabric of who we used to be. But we've moved away from this powerful thing called honor. I thought about it, and that's just one guy's perspective, but you have to admit we live in a country, we become a culture that is really without honor. We live in a country, and I don't want to get political today, but we live in a country because something is our right, we do it. We have the right to free speech, so we think we can say anything we want to, and we can. But we show the lack of honor that we have in the process. Well, we think because it's our right to burn the flag, we can burn the flag. And I'm not telling you whether I agree with that or disagree with that. I'm just saying it just shows that there's not a lot of honor in that. Nancy, you know I love you, right? And you know I'm about 10 seconds from telling you that we got a lobby out there, right? All right, because no one can compete with that cuteness of that baby. That baby is so cute that everyone's watching that baby. And as sexy as I am, Nancy, I can't compete with that sexy little stud. Can you believe Scott and Nancy are grandparents? (laughs) Blows my mind. Grandpa party. (laughs) We live in a time where honor is nothing. We live in a culture that doesn't have a lot of honor. And I was thinking about a story in the Bible when Jesus was actually limited. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. I was thinking about a story in the Bible where Jesus was actually limited in what he could do because of the lack of honor that was shown to him. He went back to his hometown, not the town that he was born in, but the town that he was raised in. And the people who should have honored him the most honored him the least. And then a very interesting thing happens because of their lack of honor. Let me give you a little bit of context. Jesus is returning back to his hometown, like I said. A year prior to this visit, he had been thrown out of the town. He'd been run out of the town by his own people. They had threatened to kill him. And so he's coming back on his teaching tour, and he stops back in. And this should have been the highlights of his thing it's kind of like when a rock band goes back to their hometown or their home state it's their homecoming this should have been jesus homecoming he's been out on the road doing his thing man he's been healing the blind and making the lame to walk and raising the dead and drawing thousands of people and in all sense of the word he's become a rock star for the day everywhere he went the bible says there's multitudes of people and he comes back to his hometown and this should been this should have been the big show if you will This should have been everybody coming out saying, man, Jesus, he's from our town. Look what he's doing. They should have been honoring him for the name that he has. But actually, something else happens. It says Jesus left there, and he went to his hometown, Mark chapter 6. And he was accompanied, accompanied by his disciples. I love Jesus. Jesus always rolled deep, always had a crew with him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What is this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he performed? So he rolls into town. Now, you've got to remember, it took him a few minutes to realize who he was. This wasn't the days of Facebook. This wasn't the days of Twitter. He hadn't announced that he was coming. There wasn't radio spots. JC's coming to Nazareth, get ready. So he rolls into town, and they ain't seen him in a while. And for a minute, they're amazed by what this guy's teaching but do you ever have one of those moments when someone's talking to you? I had it the other day, and he this complete stranger walked up to me, and they're talking, and I'm like, who is this person? Obviously, they know me, and I don't know them. But I just roll with it because I'm used to that, and I'm going to roll, and I'm walking. And about, all of a sudden, they say something like, oh, man, that's Clyde. I ain't seen Clyde in like six years. I feel like an idiot that I don't realize this is Clyde. He shaved his beard off. That's why I didn't recognize him. I'm thinking this in my head. I had that aha moment where I remembered him so all about time Jesus' teaching, suddenly they have an aha moment, and look what it says. Wait a minute. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Remember, G- Joseph was Jesus' dad. He was a carpenter. Isn't this Mary's son? And the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Suddenly, they remembered who he was. And instead of being amazed at his teaching and being amazed at his miracles and being blown away with what is going on and having an honor towards this man, suddenly like, wait a minute, I grew up with this dude. I remember when he pushed me down when we were like four years old and took my toy. I remember we went fishing one day and I caught a fish with my fishing pole. He snapped his finger and all the fish jumped out of the water onto the shore like he was a show-off. Man, I remember the day my pet dog died and he just walked around like he was some bad and just touched it and it rose from the... Like, always trying to show off. This is Jesus. That's the old carpenter's son. This guy ain't nobody special. I always tell the story that... I started a church here in Canton about 15 years ago. I was 28 years old, and the church grew very quickly to over 1,000 people in about five years. And and it was named one of the top ten fastest-growing churches in America. I was traveling all over the country. I would preach on Sunday. I'd get on a plane, and I'd fly out. And I I, I, I was kind of in the top of the world, if you will, in my profession. And I had an uncle who died from a side of the family that I wasn't very close with. And they were dirt poor and had no money and didn't know anybody. And so they said, well, I I think we got a cousin who preaches. And maybe he'll come do it. (coughs) So they called me and I said, I'll come do it, whatever. And at that time, you know, I I rolled everywhere. I had had an assistant, I had security. I mean, it was just a big deal. I rolled everywhere. So I rolled this thing alone. And so I'm used to having people carry stuff for me and do stuff for me. And I remember it was pouring down rain and it was nasty. And they couldn't afford a funeral in the funeral home. They were doing it at the graveside and I had a little music stand, I'm walking out there, and I going to do my thing, and they came up to me and said, listen, we don't want you to talk about Jesus, just talk about Uncle Ralph. Well, I don't, didn't know Uncle Ralph. I'm like, whatever, let's get me the hell out of here, you know, and I did my thing, and I got done. When I got done, I'll never forget this lady came up to me, this old lady, and she said, that was pretty good. You keep practicing, you, you might make it one day. And I thought to myself, well, I am kind of made it today. I wanted to be like, do you know who I am? That's my line, you know, in case you didn't know. Do you know who I am? Like, will not you go check out this TV show? I'm on it. And will not you go check out this podcast? It's number five. In the, that's my podcast. I, I kind of know how to preach. There's a the problem. They didn't look at me as a preacher. You know who they looked at me as? That I was a junior, they looked, and that's just little Gary. That's that little curly-headed boy that was always in trouble as a kid. That was that little curly-headed boy that, that when big Gary got all into drugs, his mom took her away because she thought we was too good to hang out with him, and we never saw I me. Mean, that's just little Gary. There was no honor there. And because they saw me as little Gary, guess what they did? They received me as little Gary. Jesus rolls deep into town. He's been performing miracles everywhere. He's been doing his thing, and he could have done a lot of good there. And they're like, wait a minute, that's the carpenter's son. Because the way you perceive something is the way you receive something. If you perceive him as just the carpenter's son, you receive him as the carpenter's son. But if you perceive him and honor him as the son of God, guess what? You receive him as the son of God. (laughs) Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town. A prophet is not without honor except in his own town among his relatives and in his own home. Jesus saying, everywhere I go, there's honor and great things happen. Here, there's no honor. And I'll show you what happens in a little bit when we get to that. That Greek word translated without honor, it it means to dishonor. Don't miss this. It, It means to treat something as common are ordinary they saw jesus now that's the carpenter's son and they treated him as something ordinary they perceived him as something ordinary therefore they received him as something ordinary are you catching my drift today there's power and honor if you walk around this church and you look at this la familia and you're like it's just something that's ordinary you'll miss out on the blessings of what happens here because you'll receive it as ordinary. If you think what happens here on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, Saturday happens everywhere, you'll receive it like it's common and you'll take it for granted. How many times have people left this church and said, man, I'm going somewhere else and they come back like, man, there's no place like this because it's la familia it's something that's not ordinary but you, when you look at it as ordinary guess what you do you dishonor it when you look at the people next to you and you say man that's just ordinary i take them for granted you're dishonoring them and this is what they did a prophet is not without honor they just they just looked at jesus and said master carpenter that's mary's son actually that's mary's son remember she got pregnant before she got married that's him You want a a common or ordinary marriage? Let me tell you how to get one. Dishonor your spouse. Treat them as they're common or ordinary. Ain't it funny in the early years, you treat them like they're the greatest thing in the world? You open the door and you bring home flowers and you do great things, and you treat them with honor. And then over time, they just get familiar you begin to take each other for granted. You no longer put the honor into it. I don't think it's intentional. Life just happens. But the way you perceive them is the way you will receive them. So when you're perceiving them as ordinary, don't get upset when they receive you as ordinary. You get what you put in. <laughs> I love you, munchkin. When was the last time you told your wife you loved her? <laughs> what happened is we quit showing honor in our marriage, and our marriage becomes ordinary. Now, the flip side of dishonor is the word honor, obviously. Dishonor means to treat something ordinary. Honor means to value. It's a form of respect. It means to highly esteem somebody. It means to treat something as precious, weighty, or valuable. It's to ascribe worth, to esteem, to value. I'll give you an example. I have a football in my house signed by a very famous football coach. It's signed to me, to Gary Lamb. Blah, 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 coach. That football has value to me. It sits in a case in my office, and it sits up on the shelf, and it means something to me. It's valuable. I honor that football. The reality is it's just a football. But because it has something that is important to me, it has value to me. Guess what my kids know? We don't play with that football. We don't throw that football around the house. Now, we got four or five footballs around the house. They get thrown all around. They're out there in the mud. They're floating in the swimming pool. Man, they're stuck in the gutters. There's one sitting on top of the roof. I don't care about those footballs. They have no value to me. They can get thrown over the fence and never been... Going to get, but you roll up and you mess with my football that has value. There's a problem with that. I'd never treat that football as ordinary or common because it's special to me. When something is special to you, you show honor to it. Honoring something esteems it, it lifts it up dishonoring devalues and tears something down if we're going to be the church that god intends for us to be we better learn the principle of honor for each other this ought to be the place that when you walk through those doors you're built up you're lifted up there's enough things in this world that tear you down there's enough things in this world that beat you up there's enough people in this world who want to do nothing but destroy you we don't need help here with that In this room is a group of people going through some stuff that you don't even know about. Let me rephrase that. In this room is every single person going through some stuff you don't know about. You don't have the luxury of all your stuff being on Facebook like I do. You don't have the luxury of every junkie and cokehead in town posting lies about you. Oh, did I say that? But it doesn't mean you're not going through hard things. It doesn't mean you're not going through hard times. And so we need to become a culture that even when we don't know what's going on in people's lives, we honor them by lifting them up, not tearing them down. Someone told me yesterday they have court tomorrow in a custody case for their grandchild. Guess what? I didn't know they had court case till yesterday. Had they not sent me a text, I wouldn't have known But had they not sent me a text, that's a stressful time in their life. I need to always make sure when I'm around that person, I'm honoring them and I'm lifting them up because you never know what someone's going through. Quit tearing each other down. Learn to honor one another. To dishonor is to believe the worst. Honor lifts up, dishonor tears down. To honor someone means you believe the best in them. Don't miss this. You believe the best in them even when they don't. You believe the best in them even when they're not living their best. I'm going to get to that in a minute. I asked Christine if I could tell the story. When I met Christine, Emily was six, seven years old. When I met Emily, and she came into my life. She had come from a background very different than what I had come from. She came from a home where the father was continually in trouble with the police and therefore had a father who always talked down about the police because it was always the police's fault that he was strung out, you know? She never heard any good about the police and I remember one day Christine said, can you go pick up Emily? I gotta go run somewhere. And I'm riding down the road, and I'm with Emily and this police officer pulls up before us and immediately Emily's whole demeanor changes to the point where she looks scared. I'm like, what's wrong with you? It's the police. I'm like, okay. She, she's just looking forward. I like, wouldn't talk to the police, pass it. She was, that was close. <laughs> what was close? It's the police. Huh? I didn't think anything about it. I forgot about it. Then one day I'm rolling through the store. One of the police officers in town walks up to me and starts talking. Hey, Pastor Gary, blah, blah, what have you been up to? Blah, 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 blah. And we all tense, like she's sweating. I can't see, it. I'm like, huh? She walks away, she's like, oh, I thought you were going to jail. Huh? You thought I was going to jail? For what? So I had to reprogram Emily's mind about police. Does that mean every police officer is a great guy? No but I have now taught her in six years that we honor those in that position. We don't have to be afraid of those in that position. But what about that? We honor that position. Now she has a different mindset. It was funny. We were out a couple of weeks ago, walking through the store. All of a sudden I hear her I say, Hey, Officer Pacer! Hey, Emily. While I'm talking, she's sticking a sticker on I'm like, She's been taught now we honor the position that is there. (laughs) I hear people tearing down their spouse all the time to their friends. Nothing drives me more crazy. Even if it's true. Because here's what you're doing, you're dishonoring your spouse. I called a friend of mine out recently for this. I said, you need to quit tearing them down. Well, if they didn't act the way they acted, I wouldn't say the things I said. I said, yeah. I wonder if you changed what you said, if they changed how they acted. (laughs) Bye. Sermon's over. You talk about how shitty someone is all the time, don't be surprised when they act Shitty. Did he just say that in church? Yes. Christine is not here on the front row. I did. I told you, you might not like me on Sunday, but you'll see I'm the same person all the time. Man. Well, I can't treat somebody honorably when they aren't living with honor. Wrong. Wrong. That's where you're wrong. Here's a principle you need to understand. Respect is earned. You earn my respect. But honor is given. Over and over and over, you'll see that respect is earned in the Bible. But honor is given. Honor means I choose to honor you no matter what. I choose to honor you because the Bible says I'm to honor you. That doesn't mean I have to agree with you. It doesn't mean I have to like you. But I am responsible for how I respond to you. I've had a lot of people recently say, you ought to do this and you ought to post that. And you ought, And let me make this clear, I got so much dirt I could post stuff and ruin people. But I honor people, even when they don't honor me. I'm not responsible for their actions I'm responsible for my actions. And I don't ever want anyone in this crowd to think, man, I told Gary some stuff, and now we've moved along, and I haven't seen him in four or five years. And remember the time he got mad and dishonored those people? Is he now going to come along and dishonor me? Uh Uh-uh. I choose to honor when honor's not given. That don't mean it's easy. But you do it. I don't have to respect you to honor you. I can knock you out and still honor you. You choose to honor someone because of the position they are in, or you choose to honor somebody because of who God has placed around you. Honor is freely given. Respect is earned. I'll treat you with honor when you live honorably. Mm -mm. Sometimes the honor that we pour on someone when they don't deserve it is what leads to the mind shift that makes them live an honorable life. Honor empowers people. It encourages people. The, The reason our country has so little honor is because we're so busy devaluing people Instead of honoring people. We love to get on Facebook and social media. Hey, social media has given every Jackenheimer power. The idiot in his mama's basement now can tweet something out and it can go viral and everybody thinks he's somebody. Man. Remember Jesus? Ain't that the carpenter's son? He said, man, there's no honor in your hometown. Now look what it says. It says he could not, not that he would not, that is key. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Don't miss this. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching. He said, I got to roll up out of here. And he left the town and went to other villages. They look out. Here's Jesus on the Jesus World Tour, 700 A.D., rolling up into Nazareth. And they're like, wait a minute. That ain't Jesus. That ain't this Messiah guy. That's the carpenter's son. And he could not perform any miracles. The place that ought to be been the grand finale of the tour he can't even do anything there. Notice it doesn't say he wouldn't do any. It says he couldn't do any because they didn't have the faith. They didn't have the faith because they didn't have the honor. I don't, don't fully understand this. I don't act like I understand every principle. But there seems to be a correlation here that where there was a lack of faith, there was a lack of honor. And because there was a lack of honor, there was a lack of faith. And because there was a lack of faith, Jesus could not do what he was called to do. There's power in honor. Had they honored Jesus, they would have empowered Jesus. If you honor your wife, you'll empower your wife. If you you honor your children, you'll empower your children. Listen, people become what we pour into them. I believe that with everything in my mind. Tragically, we've become a culture that lacks honor. But God has called us to honor some people. One of them is kind of a weird thing, and it's going to make me real uncomfortable to talk about it, but I'll get to it in a minute. First thing we're called to honor is we're called to honor our parents. The Bible says this, it's one of the big ten. Honor your father and your mother. Look what it says so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. We are told to honor our parents. Now, again, don't miss this. We're not told to respect them. There are some things your parents have done to some of you, and they deserve zero respect. But respect is earned, honor is given. We can be one of the most dishonoring cultures to our parents. It's got to break the heart of God to see how some children talk to their parents. You'd never see that in other cultures. They wouldn't tolerate it because they're taught honor. I hate you. I'm not listening to you. Let me get old-fashioned for a minute. If I ask my child to do something, yeah, don't cut it. Yes, sir. It's 2019. Yeah, that's the problem with your kids. You haven't showed them how to honor what needs to be honored. I watched a kid that day run in a store, cut this old lady off to get through the door. I'd have jerked that kid up by his, na- his neck and slapped him across his face. You, you, you whip your kids the- about <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't. Christine does. But, um,. <laughs> I like all the, the things on Facebook now. I said, Some of you ain't had your butt whooped as a child, and it shows or something like that. Yeah. I watch it. I, I don't say, people ask, like, I don't have the, my kids aren't perfect, but my kids are pretty good. People ask us all the time, How, did, how do you get your kids to sit through dinner without being on a, on a device? Because it ain't a freaking option. You're going to sit at the table, and you're going to talk, and you're going to be social, and you're not going to pitch a fit. And if you pitch a fit, I'm going to knock your teeth down your throat, and they ought to have a little bit of fear. And if they backtalk me, it shows me they're not honoring me. Hey, here's the deal. If you have bad kids, this ain't even a sermon about parenting, but if you have bad, disrespectful kids, it's your fault. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. It's your fault. And the chances are, it has a lot to do with you and your spouse are on the same page on how to discipline your children. And that was free today. Good Preaching if a white boy is doing it. We get in our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, our 50s. <laughs> we honor our parents. I'm not very close with my parents. I've shared that with you. But I honor my parents. I make sure my mom calls, I answer the phone. My dad wants to communicate, I communicate. I make sure that when I say I'm going to be somewhere, I do everything in my power to be there. And again, we're not close, but I choose to honor them. I shared with you about a month ago, I guess, my biological dad, who I had never met in my life, passed away. And when they called me and said, hey, would you come down to the hospice? I had no desire to go down to the hospice. Didn't have any feelings about going to the hospice. Didn't need to go to the hospice. Didn't know the dude. Walked in the room. Didn't know him. It was like a total stranger was laying there. But you know what I left there knowing? Hmm. I did what I was supposed to do. I honored him. I came down. He couldn't hear me. He couldn't do anything. But I said, hey, it's me. Got your name. We should have given me a different middle name. Had to cut the tension. I said, I don't know if you can hear me, but you don't need to die with any regrets. Thank you for walking out. It was the best thing you ever did for me. For that I'll always love you. You So what? Yeah. That was my way of honoring it. I didn't want him, I, I don't know how the dying process works. I didn't want him laying there dying, worried about me. Come on. Took time out of my day to honor him and make sure he was going to be, he can be released. Well, my mom was a drunk. I get it. You don't got to respect them. You don't got to like them. You don't have to allow them in your life. You can have boundaries with your parents. But you honor them. You don't tell everyone what a drunk they were. You don't badmouth them. You don't disrespect them. You just put your boundaries up and live securely knowing you have your boundaries. You honor them. We're a trash-talking society. Everyone doesn't need to know every bad thing you know about somebody. It's dishonoring. It's biblically right to that. You, you don't have to respect somebody to honor them. Honor's a choice. We're called to honor our parents. We're called to honor those in authority. I'm going to get real tense here for a second. We're commanded to honor those who are in authority. We are commanded to honor those who God has placed above us. And the Bible says that God, I'm not one of these people that believe, oh my God, Donald Trump was the chosen one of God and God placed him into office and he is God's man and it was prophesied before that he would come and build the wall and be up, shut up. Shut up. But whoever's in office, is an office. Saul was an office because God allowed him to be an office. Saul became the king. He wasn't God's man to be king, but it's who the people wanted. And sometimes God would give us what we ask for. When God has placed people above us, and I don't take that as I'm bashing Trump either. I might like Switzerland, baby. I'm neutral on that. But Romans 13 talks about honoring those. And governing authorities. Verse 7 tells us to give everyone what you owe him. If you owe them respect, give them respect. If you owe them honor, you give them honor. Here's what it says in Romans 13:7, give to every and this is talking about biblical authorities. Authorities in our life. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. Revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Let me give you a story. Years ago, President Bush. Jr. or whatever it was, whichever Bush that was, the young Bush, came through town, and they invited the 25 most influential pastors in Georgia to have lunch with President Bush. And somehow, I was like the, the donkey at the Kentucky Derby. I got invited. Even put on shoes that day. And I sat down, and the guy next to me, he said, man, I just don't like Bush. I was like, okay. Man, I don't agree with this policy on this and this and this and this. I'm like, okay. And, I don't, and I'm thinking, man, I just want to know, did you get the prime rib or the chicken? I don't care. Like, like, I'm hungry. But an amazing thing happened. When President Bush walked in that room, that man who made it clear to me he didn't agree with President Bush's political views, didn't like his stance on things, stood up with every one of us and gave him a standing ovation, and he smiled from ear to ear. And we all got to ask President Bush a question. <laughs> I'm embarrassed about that. I asked him a question about the Texas Rangers. So uh, everybody else asked him. A, I thought it was too tense in there, so I want to ask a funny question. But when that man came time to ask a question, he asked a question about something he knew that President Bush disagreed with. But he asked that question. He said, Mr. President, bam, 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 he wasn't disrespectful. He wasn't confrontational. He didn't belittle the president. It was very clear from his view that he did not agree with the president on the issue. But you know what he chose to do? He chose to honor the office. Because the Bible tells us that we honor the office. This applies to both sides. Those of you on the right, you didn't honor the last president. You didn't. It's okay to disagree you didn't honor him. And those on the left don't honor the current president. And I can't help but wonder if so much of our country and so much of the political problems in our country is that we just don't show honor. Honor doesn't mean you have to agree. Don't miss that. Honor doesn't mean you can't be vocal with your disagreements. Don't miss that. But it's in how you do it. And some of you need to be smarter. You, it's low-hanging fruit anyway. It's low-hanging fruit to make fun of his hair. Come on, be more creative. He knows his hair's horrible. That's why he wears it like that. He don't care. We honor the office. We have a person in a higher power in our city that I do not like. They know I do not like them. We do not get along. We do not see eye to eye. But every time I'm around that person, I honor them for the office. they're I'm never rude to them. I've had some big discussions with them where we disagree. But I don't name call them. I don't belittle them. I don't tell everyone that I dislike them. I honor them because the Bible tells me to honor them. You show honor to those in authority over you. When you play sports, you show honor to the coaches. Let me rephrase that. We used to show honor to the coaches. Now you let your kids talk to your coach like he's whatever. You honor your teachers. You honor your boss. You honor the police force. We show honor to authority. And again, don't miss it. I'm not saying that means we become sheeple that do whatever we're supposed to do. And we have to fall into line. But we show honor. You can show honor in disagreeing. Is Allison here? Where's my biffle at? Me and that girl could not disagree more on so many social issues. She's one of our best friends in the world. And guess what we're able to do? This is amazing. We discuss them. We talk about them. She has never convinced me she was right yet. And I have never convinced her she was right. And I'm right. But do you know what we have? We have honor for each other. We can agree to disagree. Amazing concept. And here's what's come from honor a powerful friendship. There's power in honor. We need to become a culture that learns to honor. Ladies don't like your husband, he's not a great leader. Honor him. Treat him as ordinary and common and as the piece of crap you think he is. Don't be surprised that he's ordinary common and the piece of crap you think he is. Honor him. Men honor honor your wife. She puts up with you. Christine and I don't always see, we normally don't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. But I honor that woman. This last week, she's got a new job, and she was lacking. She was feeling overwhelmed and not feeling like she could do the job. But I wanted her to know, I honor you can do this job. It's overwhelming right now. You're frustrated right now. But get your head on straight. Honor those in authority. This last one's a little bit weird. It's going to almost sound cultish. It sounds weird. But you can't overlook it in the Bible. It's not a buffet. We get to pick and choose. We're called to honor spiritual leaders. We're called to honor spiritual leaders. We're called by God to show honor to pastors, spiritual leaders, the elders of a church. That's why so many of you have come to me before about your previous church and I've listened, and I've even agreed with you about the church, but you've never heard me say a negative word about the leader of the church. So I honor pastors. What if they're this, and what if that? That's God's issue to figure out. I I always go back to King David. David wasn't the king yet, and David knew he was supposed to be the king, but Saul was still the king. Three different occasions, I believe. It might have been two different occasions. David had the opportunity to kill Saul. Kill him, and take what was his. And he never did. He said, that's God's job. I honor his position, and when God's ready, God will remove those pastors, and God will deal with those people. What's in darkness will be brought to light. It's not our job. We're to honor those people. 1 Timothy says this, The elders who direct the affairs of the church are worthy of double honor. So what that means is if you make a dozen cookies, I'm worthy of two dozen. Bring me the cookies. Especially those who work in preaching and teaching. It's a weird thing because I'm the preaching and the teaching person here. That's weird. But I'm telling you, we live in a day and time where there is no honor for the office of spiritual leader. That ought to be a scary thing. I see in the Bible, remember where the kids came out and they made fun of Elisha's bald head? They started mocking the man of God and bears came out and ate the kids. You know you're going to laugh at this because it sounds really weird. When people start coming after me, I actually get anxiety ridden and nervous for them for what God's going to do for dishonoring that office. Not me, but the office. It's a scary thing. The Bible says double honor. Here they are bashing me, and I'm stressed out that God's going to kill them because they're so stupid to realize it. There used to be a day and time even the town drunk had honor for the spiritual leader in town. That doesn't happen anymore. There's a biblical mandate that we're to honor those who are in spiritual authority. <laughs> I met with a church about four or five years ago, and they asked me to come in and do some consulting for them. And I had the, the, the leaders in the church and the pastor. And every time that they'd been in decline, and every time the pastor went to say something, every time someone would talk over him, someone would speak over him, they'd, they'd say, Oh, that's not really the issue. So when they got done, I said, Well, what do you think the problem is? I think they were ready for me to say, Hey, man, you ought to change your music. I said, here's your biggest problem. You have no honor for your pastor. Well, what? I I said, no, I had written it down. Let me give you an example in this last 30 minutes of what you've done to him. Bam, bam, bam. They looked at me. Every one by one went to that man and apologized to him. I'm not saying this like I'm somebody. It's just Bible. Over the next two years, that church tripled in size as they began to honor the spiritual leader. One of the great things about leading here is you're a group that shows honor. Believe it or not, I believe this group shows honor. It doesn't mean that there's not critics. It doesn't mean you agree with everything I do. But you honor me as the leader. I don't know that I could ever get up on the stage and say, hey, I got an idea. And you'd be like, we ain't doing that. You'd be like, let's go for it. Sounds crazy. That crazy idiot's going to do it, and we're behind him. There's honor in that. And I think God's blessed this place as a result. This place right here doesn't make sense in human church terms. It breaks every single rule of church conferences. It breaks every single rule on how to build a church, how to grow a church, how a church is supposed to be operated, how the pastor structure is supposed to work, and how, how a church spends its money, and all of that. It makes no sense. The place is packed out today. You know why? Because there's honor. We honor each other. Now, again, that doesn't mean, there's been many of you have called me recently and said, Man, man. I don't agree with what you did here. Come on, I'm going to point them out. Doug and Kathy Knight. No, came to me about four or five weeks ago in those biblical, godly ways. said, Can we meet with you? I said, Yeah. We got some concerns. Bam, 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 bam. All valid concerns. Let me answer those the best that I can to you. Bam, 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 bam. Bam, Lam, lamb, a lamb. You know, that was how the conversation, I'm not going to tell you about our conversation in that conversation, said, man, we love you and we love this church. Thank you for answering our questions. They didn't dis- it wasn't that they agreed with everything I did, but we honored each other. Amazing concept. Thank God we did because we got holes that need to be fixed in the wall and the floor's broken. Who would fix all that stuff without Doug? <laughs> this church should lose me before it can lose Doug. We're called to honor. God, here has got this stupid idea. Let's go do it. And I believe it's one of the reasons God blesses this place. <laughs> Here's your assignment today. Learn to honor each other. The Bible says in Romans 12:10, love one another with brotherly affection. I love this phrase right here. Outdo one another in showing honor. Wow. Outdo each other. You want La Familia to work? Start outdoing each other in honor. Start outdoing each other in lifting each other up. Outdoing each other in building each other up. Outdoing each other in being there for each other. Outdo the people who lead around here. Let me ask you all a question. How many of you have kids that go to our kids area? Lift your hands up, lift your hands up, lift your hands up. I'm not beating you up. I promise you can put them down. When was the last time you honored Joe Owens for every Sunday organizing and getting volunteers who is not on our staff, who does it as a volunteer, and you honored him and just thanked him and you built him up for what he does over there every week? How many of you enjoy the music around here? hmm he gets mad when I do this kind of crap. When's the last time you outdid one another and just showing honor to Phil? Phil doesn't get paid to lead worship around here. He's been doing it for almost eight years now. Probably 49 weeks out of the year. And you just honored him for the position that he was in. When was the last time you honored the people who were at that booth back there or the people who serve in the kids' area or the people who greet People who make this church, Eileen, Eileen Schneider, you don't realize that Eileen Schneider runs a food pantry right here because it happens during the week. And hundreds of people get fed a month in this community. When was the last time you honored Speedy for doing all the crazy things he does? Like, you know? In baseball, they all, every team has a, what's called a utility player. He can do everything. That's Speedy. Hey, Speedy, what do you know you to do? Do this. Like, Sucker has no life. I get nervous when Speedy starts dating. I'm like, crap. Who's gonna do all this stuff now at the church? Every time Speedy starts dating, I'm trying to break him. up Speedy, she ain't no good. Speedy, get rid of that girl. Man, she's holding you back. Between they said I bought a new trailer. I can get more work for my product. I said, no, oh, Speedy, you don't need no more work. You're retired. I was just being selfish. I needed him down here because we honor what he does. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another. Outdo your spouse in honor. Even if you don't get it back, honor them. Eventually, you'll get it back. What would happen if we outdid each other in showing honor? And we need to break that honor. And the way we break the culture of dishonor by having honor, first of all, is we've got to start giving God the honor he deserves. (laughs) We serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We serve the risen Christ who gave his life. He pulled me up by the muck and the mire, and he placed my feet on it. He made me a new creation. He radically changed our life, and we live in a culture that doesn't honor that. The Bible says in Psalms twenty two, twenty three, "You who fear the Lord, praise him; all you descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him, all you of Israel." Here is why we don't honor God anymore. We now view God as common. We're too familiar with him. We've perceived him as ordinary, and we receive he's the big guy upstairs, old big man. Jesus is my homeboy. Shut up. Oh, Ricky Bobby, dear six pound, eight ounce baby Jesus. He's not the baby in the manger anymore. We serve a God who's the soon coming, returning, ruling, reigning king of kings and lord of lords. And when he comes back, it says he's coming back with a sword. He's got, he is the righteous one who shed his blood blood so we could live. We need to start treating God with honor. (laughs) And when you treat God with honor, the overflow of that is we treat each other with honor. I read this story recently, and I'm done and we'll get out of here, that Babe Ruth signed seven baseball bats in his entire life. And he gave one of these baseball bats at a home run derby one time to a kid. And the kid kept this baseball bat his entire life, never told anybody he ever had it. I think five of them got burned up, and so there was one left, and then this one that no one knew where it was. Man, why is this sticky today? Freaks me out. Um, And so the man lived to be an old age. I think it was like 94, 95, and he had outlived everyone in his family. So when it came time for him to pass on, the person he was closest to was his nurse. And he told her, "I'm going to give you my most prized possession." I she didn't know who Babe Ruth. I mean, she knew who Babe Ruth was, but she didn't know anything about it. She stuck it under her bed for 18 years. This baseball bat laid under her bed. She got in some financial trouble. She said, oh, "I've got that baseball bat that I've always kept. I wonder if it's worth anything." Took it to a baseball shop. They called an appraiser in. It went in auction for 1.7 million dollars. She took some of the money and got herself financially settled, and she started a restaurant. It was always her dream to have a restaurant. Then she took the rest of the money, and she started a fund. Apparently, Babe Ruth had a very big heart for a certain group of kids, and she started a fund for all the children that had this disability that Babe Ruth had a heart for. And someone asked her, they said, why did you do that? You didn't even know Babe Ruth. That was years and years ago. And she said, that's just a baseball bat. It's worth nothing without his signature. That's the way I felt like I could honor him. We need to become a culture of honor. Instead, we're a culture of dishonor. You're valuable today, not because of who you are, but because Jesus has signed his name on you. We're children of the king. We don't stoop to the level of other people. We honor, even when they're not worthy of honor. The Bible says this, these people come near to me, Isaiah 29, I'm done, I promise. These people come near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We need to become a culture of honor. If we're going to be the church that God wants us to be, I want us to become a place that's loyal to each other. And I want us to become a place that understands the principle of honor. You don't honor someone because they deserve it. You honor someone because we're told to honor them. How would our culture be different if we understood honor?